Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. The purpose of tonight, the revival night that we have uh, once in every few months, is to really allow the Holy Spirit to have freedom. To have time to minister to people, and I believe that as the church or as believers, we cannot be what God wants us to be by just having a social gathering in a church or by just listening to the word of God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our midst. And I'm speaking like this out of my own experience. I have been a Christian for 30 years, and I remember the first. 15 years of my Christian walk, I was only in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, even though I was speaking in tongue, but I did not know the Holy Spirit that much. And my Christian walk was struggling. A lot of bad habits still there, a lot of doubts still in my heart. I did not really know God very well. God was so distant from me, even though I studied the Bible and taught the Bible in the church until 1995, 1996 when God introduced me to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or to the fire of God. And after that, I got touched by the fire again and again and again every year. And now every week that the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, passed through me. And it's so wonderful. I feel the Holy Spirit. I sense the Holy Spirit 24 hours a day. Even when I was sitting in the office talking to my patient, I feel the Holy Spirit on my body all the time. It's so wonderful. The best place in the world is to be in the presence of God 24-7. Amen. How many people want to live like that? To have the presence of the Holy Spirit thick, 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 thick in your life all the time. So we need to get in more. Get Him come in to clean us up. Get rid of the junk and fill us more and more and more. It depends on the level or the degree of your hunger and the degree of your yielding. The more you're hungry, the more you yield, the more you will work in your life. Amen. I'm a man that's really hungry for the things of God. So I want everything that God says in the Bible. And definitely, if we want to walk with God, if we want to really be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk according to the a walk by the Spirit of God. We need to have the right concept and knowledge of the Bible. God can work with us only at the level we know. The less we know, the less God can work with us. Because everything that He works with us comes by faith. So in order to have faith to receive what God has for us, the inheritance, the great inheritance that God has for us on earth here, we need to have faith and understand what belongs to us. And that's why preaching of the word is important. That's why we preach and teach before we allow the Holy Spirit to move in order to transform your mind, in order to build your faith by the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. If the pastor like me does not teach or preach the word of God fully, I am stealing the blessing from the member. And it will cause you to live on earth like a beggar or like a, a victim because you don't know what God says in the Bible. That's why our church really teach the Word of God without compromise. And we have been going through a series called Knowing the Holy Spirit in the Revival Service in many, many months already. I actually, I intentionally teach this in series. It's like a Bible school. So actually, all the CD series in our church I purposefully produce a series to have it for to have all of them for our servant in the church here, because many of us cannot go to Bible school. You have to work. You have to feed your kids, and so if you listen to all the series, you are like going to Bible school. You learn a lot of things systematically. We teach everything systematically, and this is gonna be one of the lesson called knowing the Holy Spirit. And it's so important, if you want to serve God, you need to know the Holy Spirit. Without knowing Him, you're going to have to serve God by yourself, and you don't know how to work with Him. Amen? So, in the past, many times we learn who the Holy Spirit 
is we learn that he is the person. I want to review a little bit from last time. We know that God has three person. We call Trinity: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This Trinity concept is very difficult to understand for all of us as human. In fact, if we understand everything about God, we are God, but we are not God. So many things we have to leave to God and say, "I'm going to believe it, even though I don't understand." Because we are not God, this little brain inside the skull here could not comprehend everything about God. God created us; we are not God, but God has the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—one God, but three person. I want to compare God as the Son, S U N Son, and the Son has three elements. Number one, the Son itself, and number two, it's light, and number three, it's heat. Or temperature. So God, the Son, God the Father is like the Son itself. Jesus, the Son, the Son of God, S O N Son, is the light, and God, the Holy Spirit, is like the heat. When we see Jesus, He is the light that shines the direction to the Father. We cannot see the Father. I don't recommend you use your natural eyes to look at. The sun, S U N, because your retina gonna be destroyed. You cannot look at the sun, S U N, with your own eyes, but you can see the light, and the light indicates that the sun is shining. The same thing when you look at Jesus, you know that God is real, and the Holy Spirit is the heat. You cannot see Him, but you can feel Him. As I mentioned a while ago, that I feel the Holy Spirit. I mean, in 1995-1996, when I got touched by the Holy Spirit, I felt the Holy Spirit maybe only a few hours, and then I did not feel Him. But after being in the fire of God for many years, now I can feel the Holy Spirit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now I feel the presence of God on my body, and I understand how Jesus walked on earth. When Jesus was walking on earth, He Had the spirit without measure, without limit, and we want to go to that level. One day, we want to have the Holy Spirit with a high level, high measure, and that should be the desire for every Christian. We cannot see God the Father, but we can see the evidence or the glory or the light of the Father, and you can see that in the Scripture. What I say here is all in the Scripture. In Acts chapter seven, verse fifty-five, talking about Stephen, who was being stoned. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, in this event, the Trinity—God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—show up at the same time. God the Holy Spirit filled Stephen, and Stephen looked up to heaven, saw the glory of God. The Bible does not say he saw the face of God; he just saw the evidence, the glory. The glory means the thick presence of God. He saw the light. He saw the something there in heaven, but in his vision, and he also saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He saw just the glory of the Father, but he could not see the face of the Father. Because you cannot see the sun, the same thing you cannot see the Father directly in your physical body here. This physical body, you could not see the Father. But one day when you die and you go to heaven with a new glorious body, then you can stand in the presence of the Father. Because that new body is not a sinful body anymore. You have a new glorious body. In this physical earthly body, you cannot stand before the presence of the Father. John chapter one verse eighteen say, "No one has ever seen God, no one has ever seen the Father, but God, the One and Only, who is at the Father's side, has made Him known." In conclusion, this scripture say, "We could not see the Father, but Jesus Christ is like the light that when you see Him, or when you get to know Him, He would direct you." And he would show you how the Father looks like. So the Holy Spirit come and fill us to lead us to know Jesus, and then Jesus will lead us to know the Father. That's why Christians in the local church need the infilling or the movement of the Holy Spirit. 
without the movement of the Holy Spirit, we will never know Jesus enough. The only person that can help you to know the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus lead you to the Father is the Holy Spirit. Even me, as a man, the pastor, cannot help you to know Jesus by my own strength and by my own intellectual ability. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm going to read some scripture to prove to you that we cannot see the face of the Father. He is like the Son, S-U-N. So that you know that my teaching is not my own idea, but is all written in the Bible. In Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26, the reason I need to teach this, okay, listen carefully. If I want to operate on the brain, I need to know my equipment very well. I need to know the microscope very well. If I don't know how to manipulate the microscope, I don't know how it works, the surgery may fail. If I don't know my equipment very well, the surgery will not go well either. I need to know the anatomy of the brain very well, how to deal with each part of the brain. So knowing something will help you to be fruitful and help you to work successfully. The same thing in our Christian life. Many Christians fail. Many Christians don't go anywhere because they don't know God. They may know just the word G-O-D in the Sunday school. But personally, inside here, they don't truly know God. If you don't truly know Him, like I know Pastor Da, I know exactly what she likes to eat. I know what she doesn't like. So I want happy wife, happy life. Okay? So I want my wife to be happy. <laughs> so I need to know her. When you marry somebody, you need to know that person. If you don't know that person, you cannot work together in the same house. So the same thing, the reason we teach all of these things, even though you feel like, mm, you know why you're talking about this, it doesn't seem practical to my life, but I tell you, all this knowledge go to you and will really help you in the long term how to walk with God, how to serve God, how to relate to God, because you know Him from the Scripture. And my job is to educate you from the Scripture to know the Lord. Amen? Ezekiel one twenty six, Above the expanse over their heads was what looked like a throne of sapphire. And high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. 593 years before Christ was born, Ezekiel has a vision of a universe and he saw heaven, the throne of God. And on that throne, Ezekiel saw just the appearance of a man, of a person, but he could not see God clearly. So this scripture shows us that no man has ever seen God clearly. The Father. I'm talking about the Father. Look at another scripture. Revelation chapter 4 verses 2 to 3. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. You can see John saw the throne and saw someone, but he could not see the face of God. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Again, the scripture shows us that the Apostle John could not see the face of God. He could see only the appearance of a person on the throne. So if anyone come to you and say, you know, I'm a prophet. I could see the Father in heaven. That person lied. No one could see the Father in heaven. You can feel the Holy Spirit. You may have the special vision to see Jesus if Jesus show up in your room and talk to you. Some ministers saw the vision of Jesus, but you will never see the Father on earth here. Look at another scripture in Exodus chapter 33, verses 20, 22 to 23. I want to show you the scripture. But he said, you cannot see my face. God the Father talked to Moses. You cannot see my face. For no one may see me and live. When my glory passes by, when his thick presence, the glory of the Lord, kabod, mean the thick presence of God, the tangible thick presence of God passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. 
Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. You can see here that God the Father cannot be seen by human, but you may see the vision of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can be seen in a vision. And how can we experience God on earth here? Only by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like the heat that you can feel Him when you come into His presence. When I lay hand on people to impart the fire of God, people always say that, "Oh, I feel very hot on my head, on my body. I don't know what happened to me, but I feel so hot. I feel the heat on my body." Amen. In fact, I got the email and some news from people. One Bible school student in Thailand got our CD called "The Fire of God," and she was listening at home by herself. And at the end of the CD, I say, "If you want the file of God, you can ask now. This is at home, okay, not in the church service." And after she listened to that, she began to pray, and the file of God hit her. She began to get drunk in the Holy Spirit, laugh and laugh, and she feel the heat of the file of God for many hours. So God touched her at her place after she listened to the sermon, the call, the file of God. A few days ago. One lady from Virginia called our church office and said that she really was hungry for God. She wanted to listen to the Thai sermon. She clicked into the website, listened to the sermon about the file of God as well. And while she was listening, she said, "I don't know what happened to me. I feel so hot in my whole body. I feel like the heat come out on all of my body. I feel the file of God on my body. This is amazing." So she called our church office and explained to us, "This is what happening to me. You can feel the Holy Spirit, but you cannot see the Father. Amen. You can feel the heat of the Holy Spirit, and that's what happened to many people in the world. Now tonight, I want to talk about the attributes of the Holy Spirit. What is the characteristic of the Holy Spirit, so that you can work with the Holy Spirit? If you don't know Him, it's hard for you to work with Him. And I want to tell you, when we talk about working with the Holy Spirit, it's not just about preaching, witnessing, going out to witness on the street. When I talk about working with the Holy Spirit, it's about twenty-four-seven. When I performed the operation, I was talking to the Holy Spirit. He was guiding me. When I was talking to my patients, he was guiding me and talking to me. When I put up the films on the X-ray box, I will hook up to the Holy Spirit and ask him to show me what's going on on that film. What is going on with this patient? What do they need to be treated? What kind of surgery? How am I going to approach that area? What kind of cut? How deep? How wide? I need to make a cut on the body. I listen to the Holy Spirit. When I email people, I listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he say yes, sometimes he say no. We are talking about walking with the Holy Spirit, working with the Holy Spirit, living by the Holy Spirit, and listening to the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, twenty-four-seven. How many people want to live that way? Oh, I tell you, if you can live that way, your life will never be the same. And we want you to do that. Amen. Our church want to train you how to walk with the Spirit, and it's a command in the Bible. Apostle Paul wrote in the Bible, "Walk by the Spirit." He did not say only Sunday. He did not say only 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Sunday. He said, "Walk by the Spirit all the time." How are you gonna walk with the Spirit if you don't know Him? You are not even filled by Him. You don't even welcome him. You don't even care about him. You don't even know about him. You never even heard about the Holy Spirit in your life or in your church. We need to know, and we need to know how he moves, how he works, so that we can work together, move together. Amen. The Holy Spirit is divine. He is God. God the Father is God. Jesus is also God. The Holy Spirit is. God, capital G O D. He is not just a spirit of a human that died and floating around on earth. In Thailand, before I became a Christian, we believe in ghosts in spirit. And as Buddhists at that time, I believe that after people died, the spirit will float around on earth and come into somebody, 
and talk to a person. So we will get to a idol and then call the spirit out and then talk and the spirit really talk. And I used to practice that when I was a young man. But actually, that is not the spirit of man. It's demon. Demon was talking to a person. But these people believe that the spirit of people can float around on earth and doing something. Actually, those are not human spirit. After people die, the spirit will either go to heaven or go to hell. The spirit of human will not be around here anymore after they die. But the spirit that work on earth that is not under the name of Jesus are demonic spirits. When we talk about Holy Spirit, we are talking about the spirit of the living God. He is God. He is not a demon. He is not a spirit of man. Amen? So we are related to the spirit of God who is God. Look at the, what the Bible says in Acts chapter 5 verses 3 to 4. You can see that at the beginning, Peter was talking about the Holy Spirit in verse 4. And then in verse 5, he called the Holy Spirit God. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the peace of the land for yourself? Why it remained, was it not your own? And after it was so, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Verse 4, Peter said to Ananias, You lied to the Holy Spirit. And then verse 5, he said again, You lied to God. So Peter tried to tell us that the Holy Spirit is God. The same thing. Okay? And the Bible called the Holy Spirit the Lord. The word Lord in the Greek language is kurios. Kurios means the owner or the master of life. I don't own my life anymore after I become a Christian. I have the owner. I have the master. He owns my life. His name is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus Christ who owns me. I belong to him. He bought me with a high price by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. The Bible called the Holy Spirit Lord, the master, the owner of life, the king of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Thank God. Even though He's Lord, but He's not a taskmaster that come to you and control you and, and force you to do things. He come and give you freedom, freedom of choice, that you follow him out of devotion, not by force. He give us freedom. Verse 17 say, the Holy Spirit is the Lord, the master. And then how that relate to us in verse 18. And we who with unveiled face all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What does it mean, verse 18? Verse 18 means like this. God the Father is in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead and he is at the right hand of the Father. But now the Spirit of the Lord is on earth here and he wants to fill us with his Spirit. And when the Spirit of God is on us, we're going to have different level of anointing or glory. So God said that you take the veil out and when people look at you, they should see the glory of God. They should see that you are different from other people. The glory. You don't have makeup on your face. You still look beautiful because of the glory of the Lord. You don't need to dress expensive clothes. You still look Different from people in the world because of the glory of the Lord shine through you. You see my point here? You see what the scriptures say? He said that you should have the increasing level of glory and anointing. And that's why we come to revival service. To get filled more, more, more by the Spirit of God. And the more of the Spirit, the more glory you will shine. And the more like Jesus you will be. 
when people come into contact with you, they say, "Wow, you're so different. What happened to you?" And you say, "Yes, Jesus loved me, and they got saved." They will say, "Yes, I want to know your God." Just your appearance, just your countenance, people will see your difference already. That you are so full of the glory of God, and you are not happy with that level. You want more. Everyone say more, more, more. from ever increasing. Everyone say ever increasing. What does it mean? Ever increasing. What does it mean? Keep increasing. Never stop. Is that right? So all the days of your life, some of you may be only 18 years old. Some of you may be 16 years old. Some of you may be 50 years old. By the time you turn 70 years old, by the time you turn 90 years old, you should have more glory of God than today. Amen. You should not have less glory. You should have more glory. Ever increasing glory because you are filled with the fire, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Word of God. You walk in holiness and everywhere you go, you just shine the glory of God upon people's life. Amen? That should be our goal and our desire. How many people have that desire? That you want to have the ever increasing glory in your life. Next year, you're going to have more glory than this year. Definitely, if you have more glory, it's hard to be sick. Because the glory of God will burn out the sickness, burn out demon out of you. It's hard for you to sin because the glory of the Lord will burn out all the bondage and junk out of you. So this is the benefit. People will see Jesus through you. Amen? The book of Hebrews talking about the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, So as the Holy Spirit said, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. This is the time of Moses. Where your fathers tested and tried me for 40 years, saw that I did. That is why I was angry with that generation and I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. The Holy Spirit was speaking to the children of Israel that they were rebellious. They did not listen to him. So they did not enter the promised land. This scripture talk about the Holy Spirit speaking. But if you read Psalm chapter 95, Psalm chapter 95 talk about the same thing, but called the Holy Spirit God. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, Psalm 95, 7 to 8. And the sheep of his hand, today, if you will hear his voice, God's voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. You can see here that Psalm chapter 95 called the voice of God, God speaking. But in Hebrew chapter 3, the voice of the Holy Spirit. So these two scriptures indicate that the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? Are you following me? Okay. Look at another scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 8 to 10. Then I heard the voice of the Lord. Everyone say the Lord. Okay. Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord. And we're going to see later on who is the Lord. Saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I say, here am I, send me. He said, go and tell these people, be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of these people colorless. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. This scripture talks about people in this generation. Even though they hear the gospel, they shut their ear. They don't want to listen. They don't want to believe. They just say, I don't care about Jesus. They shut their ear. Their heart are callous, are very hardened. And therefore, they could not see the goodness of God. So the antidote to get these people who have a hardened heart saved is in the last verse. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. The antidote is, we as Christians need to live a life of good witness to them. That's what happened to Pastor Da's friend. All these years, she saw our godly life. She kept watching us that we live a godly life. When 
she saw with her eyes how we live how we behave we don't lie we don't cheat we don't go out gossip people we don't corrupt do corruption then the ears open to hear before the heart open to receive the gospel they need to see first your lifestyle is important amen if you claim to be a christian but you go to work and you gossip you cheat the time you commit adultery And you say, you know, I know God. I'm going to preach the gospel to you. They say, no, I don't want your gospel. Your life is a mess. I see it. Your life is a mess. I don't believe in your God. But if you live a holy life, people see. Then what happened? They will open their ear to listen to what you say. And then after they hear, the faith come into their heart. Faith come by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Then they will open their heart to receive, and they will be saved. These passages were spoken to Isaiah, and the Bible used the word "the Lord." Look at Acts chapter 28, verses 25 to 27 in the New Testament. They disagree among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. Look at what Paul say: "The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when He said through Isaiah the prophet." Go to these people and say, "You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving." Isaiah chapter six say, "The Lord spoke to Isaiah," but in Acts chapter twenty-eight, Paul say, "The Holy Spirit spoke to Isaiah." The conclusion is, the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is the Lord. Amen. Everyone say, "The Holy Spirit." Is God, the Holy Spirit, is the Lord of my life. I'm gonna read a few more scripture to show you the confirmation that the Holy Spirit is equal to the Father and to the Son. He is God. Look at First Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 to 6. First Corinthians 12 4 to 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. This part says same Spirit. The same Holy Spirit give different kind of gifts in the church. Some people may have the gift of prophecy. Some people may have the gift of healing. Some people may have the gift of administration. Some people may have the gift of preaching and teaching. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Some people may do service as worship team. Some people give service in the sound system. Some people give the service to the children program. Some people may do computer technology in the church, so we have different kind of service, but from the same Lord. The first sentence say the same Spirit. Now the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. This one scripture called the Holy Spirit, Lord and God in one scripture. Same Spirit. Same Lord and same God. You see the point here. The Holy Spirit is working in the church, and Paul called the Holy Spirit the Lord and God. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son. And it stop. No, and of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit. Is mentioned in this scripture equal to the Father and the Son. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse fourteen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. One scripture talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. I read a lot of this scripture because I want to record it in the CD. So in the future, people who listen to this is like a Bible school. They can learn in detail about why we talk about the Holy Spirit is God. So if you uh, are bored listening to the scripture, I'm sorry for that, but I need to record it so so that people can hear what I'm talking about here. So everyone say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, God. is God. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. If He is God in your life, how do you relate to the Holy Spirit? Is He Your bus boy. Is he your servant? You can just click your finger. Holy Spirit, give me a girlfriend. 
Holy Spirit, give me a job. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I need a new job right now. If you don't give to me tomorrow, I don't want to go to church anymore. Is that the way we treat the Holy Spirit? No. He is the boss. He's the master. We need to treat him with respect. Amen. That's why I don't come to church with t-shirt and short pants. I need to respect God in the service here. The Holy Spirit is here. I cannot come here casually and come and drink coffee and sit and so what? Holy Spirit. No. We need to respect God. We need to honor the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is the one who created the heavens and the earth. He's the owner of life. And if you honor God, you know, when we worship God, why we raise our hand, we don't stand and worship God like this. Why? Because He's God. This is not a religion. We are coming to meet God who created the heavens and the earth. We need to treat Him correctly. If you meet the president of the U.S., you don't go to the president and say, Hey, guy, hi, how are you? Slap on your face. You don't do that. You meet the president with honor. I like Japanese culture. We have Japanese nurses at the hospital. So when I meet these Japanese nurses, the Japanese background, I will say, Ohio Kosaimas. And when we pass one another, Ohio Kosaimas. And this is the nurse and the doctor. We even go home, Ohio Kosaimas. We respect each other. Right away. I mean, I can see the nurse like this right away. Because we talk in Japanese, so we have to practice Japanese way. And that is human and human. But when we come to church to meet God, we just... Play with text message. Sit in the service. Please honor God. Please honor the Holy Spirit in the meeting. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Everyone say omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is present everywhere. The most wonderful person, the most wonderful friend of your life is with you everywhere. Amen? You may have good friends, but I tell you, the most wonderful person in your life is the Holy Spirit. He is everywhere. He is everywhere you go. He will be with you in the airplane. He is with you in your office, in your car, at your vacation, in your workplace. He's with you in the kitchen. He is with you everywhere. He is with you when you turn on the internet. And when you see the pornography website coming up, and you say, oh, the pastor is not around. My wife is not around. Maybe I can look at the pornography. No one knows about this. I tell you, one person knows that you click on pornography website. You may try to sneak to do something, do bad things behind the scene. In front of people, you look so holy, but behind the scene, you're doing bad stuff, shooting drugs and take some cocaine. You think that the pastor doesn't know? One person is there. He knows. You cannot hide from God. God is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. We never have to miss him. When I travel to Thailand, I miss Pastor Da a lot and my kids and the church. So lately I asked Pastor Da to come along with me more to travel on a mission trip because I don't want to miss her. But I don't have to miss the Holy Spirit because he, he is with me everywhere I go. I don't need to say, I wish he is with me. I don't need to say that. I don't have to worry about leaving him behind when I travel. He's going to go with me everywhere. Amen? The Holy Spirit is with us everywhere. Psalm chapter 139, verses 7 to 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand 
will hold me fast. Is it wonderful? This is what I like about being a Christian. When I was about 10 years old, I have a tutoring class in a home. Somebody giving me a tutoring class, and suddenly the fire came into that house. I was not a Christian yet, and the fire came, so we have to finish the class and run out of the building. And I remember I saw the owner of the house went to the shelf, pick up the idol, and run out. So the owner of the house know that if he left that idol in the house, the idol going to be burned by the fire. I never forgot that picture. And when I became a Christian, that picture dawned on me that, oh, I don't need to worry about carrying anything. When I was a young boy, as a Buddhist guy, I have necklace with a lot of idols on me so that no one can shoot me. I can have supernatural life, you know. People can stab me but cannot get through my skin. You know, that's how Buddhist people believe you have idols to protect yourself. If I leave the home and I forget that necklace, I feel, oh, I don't have the protection from all these idols. But now, thank God, I can walk in the dark. I can walk into the gangster area and the Holy Spirit is with me everywhere. In the name of Jesus, you cannot touch me because I have the Holy Spirit in me right now. I don't have to be afraid of anything. Amen. When the airplane starts to shake like this, I travel a lot so I have that experience. I say the Holy Spirit is with me. He's with me and he will protect me. I don't have to be afraid. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He's God, He's omnipresent, and He's omniscient. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows the things of God. He knows everything about heaven. He knows about you more than you know about yourself. He knows about people who are going to come to talk to you. He knows about the stock market, what's going to happen on Monday. He doesn't have to turn on iPhone and look for the stock market. He knows what happened to the stock market on Monday. He knows everything. He knows who's going to cheat you and who's not, who loves you and who come with the hidden agenda. He knows everything. He knows about circumstances. He knows the future. He knows all the truth of the Bible. And he knows all the truth about people and the circumstances. He knows everything. He is omniscient. John chapter 14 verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. I like that. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. John 16, 12 to 13. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Is it wonderful to live that kind of lifestyle? The life that knows the future. The life that knows what's going on. The Holy Spirit will guide you, show you, teach you. I mentioned this a few times. One time, a phone call came from the emergency room at Overlake Hospital. A person became polarized for 10 hours. And eventually, they come to the conclusion that the patient has clot inside the spine. So the emergency room doctor called me and want me to see this patient for surgery. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Don't take this case, even though you may get money. Send this case to Harborview. And he even said to me, you're going to get sued. You're going to get lawsuit if you take this case. So I say, this is too complicated. Send the patient to Harborview. Three years later, I got a letter from a lawyer. This patient sued everybody at Overlake Hospital except me. I did not have to go to court. Amen. He knew the future. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Don't think that I'm a superman. I miss it sometimes too. Sometimes the Holy Spirit told me something and I just ignore. And I pay the price later on. 
and I learned the lesson. I have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't want to share those things. What I miss. Not a good example. Therefore, we should be fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, talking to Him, listening to Him, being guided by Him, trust Him completely. He will guide you and show you. Amen. This kind of meeting is to train you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be touched by the Spirit, so that on the daily walk, Monday to Sunday, you can learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit all the time, and He can guide you and show you. He can teach you. Is it wonderful to live like that? I believe it's wonderful. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. Everyone say omnipotent. The Holy Spirit was involved in the creation. He created the universe from nothing. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was involved in the creation of the universe. The Spirit of God was involved in making life out of non-life. From the dust, he breathed life. The Spirit of God gave life to Adam and Eve. How many people in the world can use mud and make a human person? I just went to wax museum in New York. And I have never seen anybody walk into that wax museum and blow. And that wax person become a real person. Never. But God did. God made the dust into man that can breathe and have the spirit. That is omnipotence. God is so powerful. He is all powerful. Nothing is impossible with God. Job chapter 33 verse 4. The spirit of God has made me. The breath of the almighty gives me life. The third thing that you see the omnipotent spirit is that he raised the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. There's no doctor in this world so far in the past thousands of years can make the dead person back to life yet. There's no human can do that. If a patient dies, EEG, the brain wave is flat, you cannot raise that person from the dead by any medication or any technology. Only the Spirit of God can raise people from the dead. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Amen? That's why it's good to have the Holy Spirit. Have a lot of the Holy Spirit. Because He comes with power. He's going to give you power. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers you to have abundant life. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible says. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. How many people want life? As a doctor, I see patients every day. A few days ago, I saw a lady come in. I remember about 10 years ago, I operated on her back. And when she come in this time, her hand looks so ugly. Her feet, her skin, like just totally changed. And she said she went to the rheumatologist and checked her blood. She has all kinds of abnormal numbers in the blood. ANA, rheumatoid, all this stuff. And I was sitting there. I said that after I finish treating you, I'm going to invite you to church. You need life from the Holy Spirit. Because right now you have death in the inside of you. All this sickness and disease. Cancer and sickness and rheumatological diseases and back pain and joy problem or death. We need the Holy Spirit to give us life. We need the move of the Holy Spirit to kick out all this death and put life into you. He is omnipotent. He is powerful. He can give life to you. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. This is the prayer of Paul. This prayer is for you and me. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes, not this physical eye, the eyes of your spirit will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saint. God wants you to know and understand what belongs to you on earth here and in heaven. And listen carefully. He wants you to know his incomparably great power for us, not only for preacher, for us who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the, his right hand in the heavenly realms. God wants us to know the Holy Spirit and know that he is powerful and he can give life to you and he can change you. He can give you abundant life. I hope after you listen to this sermon, you're convinced that you need to be in the spirit-filled church, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is moving all the time. Amen. I want my kids to be in this kind of church so that they grow up in the spirit and have life in them, not dead, not demons, not sickness. We live, we work, we minister, not by our own strength, but by the resurrection power of the spirit of God. When you see the light, you know that there's a hidden power plant or source somewhere that caused this light to shine. Generator or the electrical plant. The same thing, you don't see the Holy Spirit. He is unseen. But you know that inside here, the Holy Spirit is the source, the electrical generator. Generate the power for you to live, to walk, to minister, to work in this life. And if you have faith, you can ignite that power in you. The problem is that most Christians don't understand this. That's why Paul said, I pray that you know there is a power on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit so that you can walk with Him. Amen? Let me read a few more scriptures to show that the Holy Spirit is behind the scene in the power of all the work in the Bible. Luke chapter 1 verse 35, how Mary was conceived with Jesus in her womb. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. How was she conceived? By the power of the Holy Spirit. A woman who never had any relationship with a man conceived a baby. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent. First Thessalonians 1.5 because our gospel came to you not simply with words. I like what Paul say. I like it. But also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction that you know that we live among you for your sake. Amen. We don't just preach the gospel Amen. and say bye-bye. We preach the gospel and demonstrate the power. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Lay hand on people with the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. I like that because I have accent. So I can say, my message and my preaching were not with beautiful American speaking accent, but with a Thai accent. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Paul did not just preach with nice words. He demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I like that. Last thing, the Holy Spirit is eternal. The Bible calls him the eternal spirit. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more then will the blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself unblemished to God? The Holy Spirit was not created by somebody and just suddenly dropped into the world. He was there from the beginning. He was there before the creation. And he lived for eternity. He has no beginning and he has no end. He is eternal. 
When I say all of these things, I want you to understand how to work with Him. And I want to tell you the good news. The Holy Spirit is gentle, loving, gracious, understanding, sensitive to you. He is very kind. He is very loving. He is very knowledgeable. He is the most wonderful person that is with you all the time, everywhere you go. Why don't you get to know him more? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Learn how to walk with him all the days of your life. He's the most wonderful, loving, kind, reliable, trustworthy, powerful person that you can rely upon. Church, let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Let's walk with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's know Him more. Next year, you will know the Holy Spirit more than this year. Let's have the relationship with Him. Get hungry. How you get the Holy Spirit? Get hungry. Surrender. Be around the man and the woman that is full with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say hunger. Thirst. Yield. Surrender. Association. The Bible talks about association. Iron, sharpen iron. Shoulder, rub shoulder. When the outcasts associate with King David, they all became giant killers. The Spirit of God upon David came upon the outcast, his soldier. Association is important. Whoever you associate with, you will become like that person. Amen. You mingle. Your children that grow up in the church, that have the Holy Spirit, there will be people who walk in the Spirit because they learn in that church. They see it. They learn it. They have that association. If you associate with religious people, you become religious. I want to associate with Spirit-filled people, people who walk by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's say it one more time. Association. Association. Hunger. Hunger. Thirst. Thirst. Yielding. Surrender. If you have all this, you can have the ever-increasing glory more and more of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many people agree with me that it's wonderful to have the Holy Spirit in your life? It's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. I want to say one more thing before I pray and lay hands on people. God just remind me, that the Bible talk about the kingdom of God is like a land that a man willing to sell everything to get the treasure in that land. The Bible talk about giving up something to get something better. And that's what happened to me and my wife all this year. We want the kingdom. We want the Holy Spirit so badly that we are willing to give up many friends, many things that we dream about in order to pursue the Holy Spirit. And it's worth it. It's really worth it. When we get the Holy Spirit, it's better than anything else, better than human being, because human can disappoint us, but the Holy Spirit never disappoints us. So some of you may come to the time of your life that you need to choose whether you're going to choose the Holy Spirit or you choose human or choose friend. I'm not saying that you need to divorce your wife to get the Holy Spirit. No, no, I'm not talking about that. You need to stay with your wife. There's no divorce, okay? But I'm talking about maybe you need to give up some dream to get the Holy Spirit. God wants to see how serious you are before He can give you His inheritance. Amen? God is going to test your desire. You're going to choose the things of the world or you're going to choose Him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your teaching. Thank you for reminding the church the significance the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Lord, every time we forget about this truth, may your Holy Spirit remind us, help us to be connected, help us to depend and trust the Holy Spirit all the time. Help us to walk by the Spirit, not walk by the flesh. Help us, Lord. Oh, Lord, in the end time, you will build the army full of the soldiers who walk by the Spirit. The church will never be the same. 
people will be powerful, ruling and reigning in this life, and the enemy, Satan, and his demons will be defeated. We pray, Father, that this will go on into the next generation, to our kids, to our grandkids. If Jesus has not come back yet, that our kids will love the Holy Spirit and walk by the Spirit as well. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many people are hungry in this room? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in the